Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is a great one with guest Dr. Alan Pietrobon. Dr. Alan Pietrobon is a long-standing guest here on the program and a Smithsonian Associate in addition to being a historian and professor of global affairs at Trinity Washington University in Washington, D.C. Dr. Pietrobon is an award-winning scholar and public speaker and will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates Program January 11th. And the title of Dr. Pietrobon's program on Zoom is Kennedy, Nixon, and the Debate of the Century. You'll find more details on our website with links to the Smithsonian Associates page. It was that first moment in our history when we saw that television can transform a political candidate into a celebrity, and it changed the whole contours of our politics. That is how one historian described the debate that helped John F. Kennedy become president in 1960. Historian Dr. Alan Pietrobon takes us back to the Eisenhower era, a time before the celebrity president. Dr. Pietrobon today examines with us the lives and backgrounds of John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon and reveals how JFK's domination of the medium during the first ever televised debate was key in his winning the presidency. It's an excellent interview. I think you're going to enjoy it because this debate left Nixon so diminished it would be 16 years before presidential candidates agreed to debate again on live TV. Wow. Dr. Alan Pietrobon will use 1960 presidential election material as a lens to explore American politics with us and culture in this pivotal era in history. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series, Smithsonian Associate, Dr. Alan Pietrobon. Alan Pietrobon, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to the program. It's great to be here. Always a pleasure to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you, too. Happy holidays to you and your family. I hope everybody's well. And uh, we're going to talk today about your upcoming presentation at Smithsonian Associates, the Kennedy-Nixon Debate of the Century. This will be a fascinating conversation, I just know. And I know our audience is just going to love hearing from you. So um, why don't we just start really with the very basics and just tell us briefly about about what you're going to present. J- just briefly give us a sense of that. And then maybe how uh, you'll use Zoom to engage our audience because we're all using Zoom these days. And, and it offers uh, some kind of interesting advantages, especially for a presentation like this, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I thought, you know, starting at the beginning here, I thought that this was the perfect moment just in U.S. history to look back at this debate that took place in 1960. Um, And not just the debate itself, but partly this entire election campaign of 1960 is when we see a lot of the techniques, a lot of the approaches that we would all recognize today as sort of central to presidential campaigns. Um, and, And this is where it starts to originate, um, specifically with the idea of holding a televised debate. Um, This is the inaugural one. And at the time, it was seen as so disastrous that politicians refused to debate on TV for the next 16 years. Um, Disastrous in the sense that what we started to recognize was uh, uh, television changes everything. Uh, Sort of 
becomes now about image and celebrity rather than substance um, in, in this regard. Um, so I'll be presenting on this. We'll be, we'll be looking at these uh, origins and some of our modern campaigning. Kennedy really kicks off. And as you mentioned, Zoom, for a lot of reasons, is a really great medium to, to present on. Um, it allows us to use, and I'll be doing a, a lot of video clips from this time period. Um, we'll be listening to some, some campaign ads from 1960, lots of fantastic images of Kennedy and Nixon in the heat of it in this moment of 1960. We've got some great clips of um, uh, just sort of B-roll clips of people lining up to vote uh, uh, in their local areas in, in the 60s. So uh, Zoom allows us to, to show this really uh, engaging multimedia uh, approach to presenting. It just sounds fascinating. Thank, thank you for that. It really is going to be a great presentation. I'm excited for it myself. And, and I know that the clips will add so much. Are presidential debates worth it? Are they helpful? What's the primary purpose of a, of a presidential debate? Does it really work to educate voters? <laughs> a great question. One I've grappled with because I, the modern day at least, I maybe these aren't worth it um, anymore. And one of the things when you watch the 1960 debate, as we'll be showing some clips during this presentation, it's sort of striking how different it is from what we would recognize today in uh, um, in debates, in that then there's no live audience cheering and clapping along, right? This isn't meant to be entertaining. Um, they engage in these substantive debates. And previous to 1960, um, these debates took place on the radio or really in the newspapers. Newspapers over a whole full page or two where Nixon would print his policy platforms and uh, uh, opposing page, Kennedy would have his policies, and you'd read about them. And that would be the quote-unquote debate. Um, both sides presented their arguments for you, the reader, to, to, to read. And then the advent of commercial radio in the 1920s, uh, uh, debate started taking place there. But whether they had anything, do they educate the American people? Um, the argument that was made in 1960 about why we should have this debate is that for a lot of people, they've never seen Nixon in person. Um, they've never, or, or over the television, you've never seen a person live. You might read about Nixon's position, but unless you went to a live you know, campaign event, you didn't know this person. But television allowed the candidates to put themselves directly in front of the American people, uh, uh, unmoderated in a way, not sort of distilled through print journalism, and people could see the candidates, hear what they sounded like, and decide for themselves uh, which candidate they thought mm -hmm. was best. And so you use the term celebrity president. I think that's really fascinating to think of this elected official as celebrity. What do you mean by that? And maybe what does it mean today to have a celebrity president? Right. This is one of the things that the scholars have looked back and said that Kennedy may be this first so-called celebrity president. Celebrity, maybe not in the modern sense where we've had literal celebrity presidents. Ronald Reagan, of course, was a Hollywood actor before he uh, becomes president in the 1980s. Um, there are others. Donald Trump is, is, is well-known, you know, a television personality. So Kennedy wasn't 
right? He's not well-known, which is one of the uh, reasons they think that having a televised debate will be very good for him. It will really help raise his national profile to people who um, may have heard the name. They, they typically would have known about Kennedy because of his father, uh, who was relatively known at the time. But Kennedy himself, um, this would be a big boost to his profile. But the idea of being a celebrity, um, in fact, one of the debate moderators uh, said when Kennedy entered the studio for that first debate that he'd never really seen a movie star president before, that Kennedy looks great, he's well tanned, he's got a good suit, he's very suave, that he really was tailored for this new modern television era where image matters a lot more than it used to. Um, and Kennedy, partly because his father, who had worked uh, for a number of years in Hollywood, knew how to harness that image, knew how to make a star out of a politician. Um, so it, it's this sense that Kennedy becomes a celebrity partly because of TV and he's able to harness this new technology. I mean, it was only four years earlier when the majority of Americans got a television, cutting edge stuff that Kennedy um, jumps on the bandwagon with. We are with Alan Pietrobon. Alan Pietrobon will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates program coming up here January 11th. So really just after the first of the year, we're going to put up links to where our audience can find out more information about Alan Pietrobon and his presentation at Smithsonian Associates, which is titled Kennedy, Nixon and the Debate of the Century. Fascinating subject. Debates change political uh, campaigns and certainly presidential debates are chief among them in really shaping what you refer to, Alan Pietrobon, this this image. I think that's that's fascinating because I I think what we may need is a deep dive politically into candidates. Maybe more what you refer to earlier as being kind of the the newspaper version of their various platforms. But it seems like what we get is just something superficial, especially as you talk about. Hollywood and Kennedy being having a very tailored look and appearance, and then some of the some of the critics uh, talk about Nixon as looking, uh, you know, unshaven and dark, even and and so almost awful things to say about about somebody at some point. But it seems like we get more superficiality with these debates than we really get some depth. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. And this is what makes the 1960s so fascinating is, as you mentioned, Nixon looks awful on television. Um, and that's partly not his fault in that he had gotten out of the hospital. Um, he had gotten a bad infection the campaign um, and was hospitalized. And he had lost a lot of weight. He looked pale. Um, and he arrives uh, looking just, yeah, bad. He's sweating under hot studio lights. And that's kind of ironic because Nixon thought at, at first he did not want to do a televised debate for the reason uh, I sort of mentioned that this would give Kennedy a big platform to raise his profile. Nixon, of course, had been in politics for ages. He was the vice president. Everybody knew Nixon, but fewer knew Kennedy. Putting Kennedy on TV would give him this platform. So Nixon thought at first, I don't want to debate him. This will just help him. But then he thought, Kennedy actually has a lot of weaknesses. He's got this 
strange accent, um, this sort of upper Boston accent, which we you know now remember him for, but that was kind of odd at the time. Kennedy had a lot of strange ticks in his speech. He would give these odd hand movements. And Nixon thought that putting Kennedy on television, the American people would see him laid bare and they'd be a little bit off-put by his strangeness and his accent and his higher-pitched voice where Nixon has this low, deep, really alluring baritone voice. Um, and what it came down to, as you mentioned, was image. The, the fascinating conclusion from this is about half of Americans watched the debate on television and about the other half listened to it on the radio, which was very common. And those who watched it on television overwhelmingly said that Kennedy had won. He just, he looked so much better. But those who listened to it on the radio overwhelmingly said that Nixon had won. That if you couldn't see Nixon and how shifty and awful and sweating he looked like, that he had the better um, policies. He was more educated. He, he had more substance in his uh, performance. And so some historians give credit to the debate um, in helping John, John Kennedy become president in 1960. And, and there were four debates in, in, as a preliminary to, to the election. Did Kennedy win all of the debates too? Or did, did Richard Nixon become more comfortable and more at ease and win at least a couple of the debates? Or was it just tilted all in favor of Kennedy? This is one of the interesting points of, of the debates too, that it, the scholars at least have concluded that actually, again, looking past the image, Nixon, quote unquote, won the debate. If you consider that the debates are about substance and, and, and are supposed to educate the American voter, Nixon was better about that. Um, Kennedy was about style. He, he sort of gave these light, breezy, not very deep answers, right? He wasn't going to bore Americans with policy proposals and spending numbers and all of this like Nixon did, right? Nixon is, is deep in the weeds. But if you care about substance, Nixon is better. And so ultimately, uh, scholars think that Nixon basically won all four um, in, in that. But Kennedy looked better. He's just sort of more charming and alluring. Um, Americans got a soft for him. We're really attracted to his, his celebrity. But Regardless of who won or, or lost the debate, they didn't really change the poll numbers. Um, there was thinking that these, having these debates would really swing the voters, that they would make their decision after watching the two candidates, but they didn't. The polls after the debate barely budged. Um, they were running neck and neck going in, and they were, I think, 2% apart uh, uh, coming out of the debate. So ultimately, they didn't really work in, in swaying Americans one way or another. And it's fascinating, too, because the outcome was just so close. 49.7 for Kennedy, 49.6 for Nixon. Just a really very, very tight race. And it almost seems like the debates did make it a, a little bit closer. They didn't budge. Nothing really was uh, – uh, you know, there was the, the, the outcome really wasn't didn't seem to be terribly impacted by these. But I wonder if you'd talk and this is our final question for you today, Alan Pietrobon. Well, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what kind of conclusions can we draw from debates 
you know, in recent past and understand the power of of what it is to be on television and debate kind of face to face with a candidate, because it seems almost like some candidates are very much in, for, in favor of them. Some aren't. Maybe it is still very much image oriented. And I guess really it kind of brings up this big kind of sweeping question. Has TV and television just taken over politics and, and political campaigns? Is that where we are today with all of this? Ooh. That's a tough question. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm less, I feel out of my depth in talking about, you know, as a historian about modern times and going forward, but um, I do think you're right uh, in that um, today, at least, this format of the televised debate, which I should add, was or proposed by the big TV networks in the United States. So this wasn't that Kennedy and Nixon's campaign said, hey, we should debate. This was proposed by these corporations. And the cynic in me says they recognize there's a ton of money uh, to be made by hosting these televised debates, by hyping them up. And we certainly see that's the case still today. And uh, it's a tough question because I think the, the best thing to look at of, of how debates have, have swayed politics or changed them is how they've changed um, nowadays. You each candidate gets, you know, their their two minutes to speak and then thirty seconds to respond. That it's this sort of boxing match, back and forth, fast paced, with a live studio audience clapping, cheering, booing, and you know, it's become almost a game show. And that's striking when you compare it to what other countries do. Watch, for example, a Canadian uh, a debate among the the candidates for prime minister. It's very different. It's I hate to say boring even. There's typically not a live audience. Um, the, the candidates are on the stage, often with just a black background, um, and they get much longer to speak. So each candidate, I mean, I'm making the numbers up off the top of my head here, but might get seven-minute opening remarks and then uh, uh, 10 minutes to, to put their policies out and then five minutes to rebut. They're longer, more substantive, less cheerleading-type uh, 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 events. And... So you know, my conclusion is today, these televised debates are more about entertainment and hype um, and, and for political junkies who like their adrenaline up, you know, cheering for their candidates. And they're less uh, um, important. And I also am not sure, kind of like in the 1960s, whether they really sway voters all that much. I think we've, by the time the debates roll around, we're pretty entrenched in our, our um, positions and are watching this for, for the... The, the gas or the hype um, on the cheerleading. So I wonder if this is the best medium going forward. Alan Pietrovon has been our guest today. Alan Pietrovon will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates coming up here January 11th. The topic is Kennedy, Nixon, and the debate of the century. Alan Pietrovon, thanks for your time again. Always good to talk to you. We wish you the best over the Caribbean holidays and looking forward to your event coming up January 11th. But what a great topic, and thanks for your generous time today. Thank you, Paul. It's always great to chat with you. I always have a, a fun time. My thanks to Smithsonian Associate Dr. Alan Pietrovon for his time, his research, and his expertise today. Remember, Dr. Alan Pietrovon will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates Program January 11th, and the title of Dr. Pietrovon's program on Zoom is Kennedy, Nixon, and the Debate of the Century. You'll find more details on our website with links to the Smithsonian Associates website, too. 
My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show, and my thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please be well, be safe, happy holidays, and please, let's talk about better, the Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. 